Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I would like to officially welcome you to this Black Ink podcast number 28. This is the official podcast of Black Ink. There is nothing like it. There is no one even trying to impersonate me. That's how fucking awesome this one is. And look, what am I fucking talking about on this podcast? I don't know, okay? I do have a little bit of a topic coming into today. Actually, I've got a few topics because I feel like I was just having this conversation with someone that I ran into in town. We're buying some coffee together and... and he said, oh, yeah, <clears throat> I see you're doing the podcasting. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, so you, you, you release like a podcast a week? I was like, nah, man, I release a podcast every weekday. You know, like every day I sit down for 45 minutes and talk to a camera by myself. And he goes, like, how the fuck do you have things to talk about? You know what the reality is? I don't. I don't really have things to talk about. But what I do have is hunger. I have a real fucking hunger for... I don't even know what it is. I think the thing that I'm hungry for is just to continuously keep moving forward. It's to, it's like, it's the acknowledgement that I've had so many things that I've realized after the fact that I would have had something had I made the move that I thought about making all that time beforehand. So let me give you an example. I've definitely thought before, like I've definitely on the 1st of January thought, right, if I just do 10 push-ups a day, for as long as I can possibly imagine, just for this year, let's say, let's say for six months, I'll do 10 push-ups a day for six months and it'll get to a point where I'll be able to do 15 push-ups and 20 push-ups and 30 push-ups and 50 push-ups. But by the end of the six months, I should be able to do 100 push-ups in a row, not have a fucking terrible time. you know. And if you're, if you're a fucking push-up expert, look, fuck me, it's an example. But what I'm saying is, is if I just apply myself for those six months, then the results you can have are so fucking monumental. And especially if that result means something to you, you know, like being able to do those push-ups doesn't only mean that I'll be able to do the push-ups. It means that I'll develop all my fucking back and chest and shoulder area to a place that so far I haven't attained in my life. So that's why it would mean something to me. And too many times I've got to the 1st of June or 1st of July, whichever is the first of the six month and realize like, oh, I had that thought and I didn't even do one day of it. I didn't even do one day of it. I didn't even let myself, I didn't even give myself the chance to be good at that thing, you know? All I did was, you know, and this is, this is another thing, like all I did in that, in that particular, like, and I've had that goal and not achieved it for sure a couple times now. The one thing that I do give myself props for now, having the kind of experience in like setting goals and achieving them and like having a whole idea of what you're trying to achieve and all this weird kind of journey that we're all going through which is life is that that initial thought is step one we tend to think that having the fucking thought is like a part of what we do and the actual uh execution of the goal is like or starting the thing or doing that day one where you do 10 push-ups that that is step one it's not that's about step three right and this is the thing about like, I think the reason why I like to get granular, like really break down steps is it so that you are constantly achieving something. And this is the thing like we've talked about success before and the fact that like we try to measure success in these really weird ways that are like super easy to go like, right, that like if you've got a million dollars, you're successful, right? I believe that the sort of person that decides after a, a lifetime of not doing push-ups that I want to be good at push-ups, that's a successful person. It takes someone who has some sort of desire for success to make that decision, to have that thought, to realize that they're a version of themselves that they don't appreciate and that they can work towards something that they do appreciate, a, 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 a version of them that they almost don't identify with because it's like, fuck man, like that's, yeah, like I, I just never pictured myself as being that sort of person. Bitch, you're halfway there. 
You know what I mean? Like having that sense of like almost disrespect for yourself because of the situation that you're in versus the situation that you want to be in to, you know, reasonably accept that responsibility and to make feasible changes around it. You're already on the path of, of, of success, I believe. The second thing is like, right, if I'm going to do it today, it's like, well, obviously I need a space to do it. If I'm wearing jeans and a tight shirt or whatever, I can't really do it on that. So it's like getting myself ready, making sure I've got water before, during and after, appreciating that I'm going to have some struggles and whatever happens, that whole thought process goes into it. That's, that's step number two. Step number three is actually doing the damn thing. You know what I mean? So as you can see, like if I zoom back out to where this all started, the reason that I... Um, bring up hunger. The reason why I like I focus on hunger is because too many times I've got to the D day that I was meant to have my goal done and realize that I didn't even make the first, sorry, I just got a low power fucking message. I didn't even take the first option of getting good at it. And now because of that, I'm in, a, I'm in this situation where like, as soon as I make a decision that I'm going to achieve something, I have a hunger to let nothing else get in my way. And the thing about having hunger, the thing about having that like real drive and like just nothing else matters anymore is that there's a few benefits to having it. Once you've got that, nothing else does matter. It's not even like I'm putting it on like, oh yeah, no, I've got to stay focused on black ink. And if I let myself get, you know, too much attention over here, too much, dude, it's not even a fucking option. You know, like when something, when there is something for blacking that needs to be fixed, nothing else is in my mind. Nothing else matters more to me than fixing that problem in that moment. I'm hungry all the fucking time. I'm hungry because I've made an agreement with myself that I have this pie in the sky goal that I want to be blacking something so major and so grand that I can't even tell you what it is right now. I have trouble visualizing it. I just kind of get this feeling that it's possible and therefore I want it. And so based off the fact that like I know that I can set a goal and not achieve it, I want to know if I can set a massive goal and fucking actually make it happen. And the thing that I've found, the thing between me and that massive goal that, that can happen if I put enough of my time and energy towards it, the determining factor as to whether or not it's going to happen is hunger. And the thing that I think lacks in most people's lives, before I even go into people's businesses and people's like hobbies and things like that and people's goals, I feel like people don't have any fucking hunger anymore. It goes back to what I was talking about in previous episodes where I believe that people are almost preoccupied with comforts that they forget about things like hobbies. They forget about things like goals. And it's something that kind of pops up every now and then. They're like, oh yeah, I should have something that I work towards, or I should have something that I'm looking forward to, or I should have something that I'm trying to get better at, or I should have something I can identify my character through. And then they fucking open Instagram while they're watching Netflix. And they, you know what I mean? Like there's just you know, and then they get some food fucking Uber Eats to their door. It's like, oh, I could work on being a better version of myself or I could take this instant gratification and feel good about everything that I'm doing right now. Have a wank and go to sleep and you're going to be right as rain. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the path of having something that is yours and that you're working towards and like you go, you know, it, it's kind of like, this also ties into what I talk about with prayer, right? So if you're, if you're, if this is, um, if you haven't heard about me talking about prayer before, I use prayer as a very generalized term of a practice that I go through every day that helps me kind of like figure out what the fuck I'm doing. Now, before I started saying this prayer, or before I started saying this chant, almost this thing that I 
give to the ultimate fucking intelligence that I, that I give to the infinite intelligence every day and I let it do whatever it wants. I came to a point where I asked myself, what am I trying to achieve here? What are the things that I want to achieve? And also in the process of figuring out what you want to achieve, the, the, the bizarre part is the first time you say, well, what do I want to achieve? You go, well, I want to be a millionaire. I want to drive an F-250. I want a big house. I want fucking, I want three girlfriends. You know what I mean? But the crazy part is when you get serious about what you want and you break down what it means to be a millionaire or what it means to have an F-250 or have three girlfriends is that there's heaps of things that go with it. And typically when you're setting a goal, you want something that you can get emotional about for the sake of being able to take it seriously once you've set the goal. And the thing that I realized, like in asking myself what I truly want and then breaking down what that means if I were to have it or what is the process that it takes to get these things, how do I feel about that process, is you can actually iron out, you can reduce all of that bullshit down to what's really fucking important to you. And when you have that, then you can start building a plan, right? And this is what I'm saying about prayer. Don't worry, this all loops together if I fucking remember what I'm talking about. But the thing about prayer is when you first, like before I started this practice, I did exactly that. I figured out what I wanted and I let myself go through the process of thinking about that so much that I reduced all the bullshit, frilly fucking comfort bullshit that goes with like thinking that you want to be a millionaire and thinking that you want three girlfriends and realizing like, right, what I actually want is a supreme amount of comfort. I want a supreme amount of security when it comes to me and my family. And I want to have something that is mine and that has so many different faces to it as far as my business is concerned that there is no one way to damage this thing without hurting me, right? So there's so many arms to black ink or whatever it is that my you know revenue raising thing is within my own life that if one thing falls down, that another two things can support me still. And if those two things fall down, this one thing can support me. Or if all of that falls down, maybe we've got something over here that's still, it's like having those multiple income streams. It's that sort of thing. And then once I establish that, and this is the thing, like you set your goals as far as like what you want to achieve financially, what you want to achieve with your business and what you want to achieve with your, with like the industry that you're within. But then there's also the goal setting of like, who do I want to be? Like we forget that we have this like ability to decide the person that we want to be in the future. Like the very limited things that you can't change are like your appearance. The things that you can't change are like the family that you came from. The thing that you can't change is like everything that's already happened. But as far as the future is concerned, it's free game. It's whatever you want. This is the thing like, oh, well, in the future, I'd love to go to the States and do this rah-rah, but we can't cause a corona. Bitch, if you want to go, figure it out. Figure it out. Stop being the fucking, the, the whinging after you've realized that you can't do it and start being the problem solving after you realize you can't do it. You know what I mean? The thing that I find with this goal setting is like when I figure out the sort of character that I want to be, I can really take time to like, what to dissect the things that I appreciate in other people's character imply it into my life, figure out all the little steps that they might've taken to get to that point of having that characteristic or that character trait and being able to apply it to my character. So by the time we get to where I wanna be financially or where I wanna be with my home or my family, to accompany that, I'm also a brilliant person. I'm also the person that I, I, I have the parts of me that I see inside of other people that I appreciate and I've applied them to my life and now I have that in my life and it, and it complements everything else that's going on. So this whole idea of building an idea of like who you want to be, where you want to be, what you want to be doing and how it all feels and looks and tastes and all the rest 
comes together as part of this massive goal, right? And obviously, these things need to be written out and scribbled and highlighted and then put together and then written into a first draft and a second draft and a third draft. But what I found at the end of all of this, and if you're wondering, this basic plan that I'm following is outlined in a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It has continued to be elaborated about in all these other books that you fucking read about. I'm not saying that Think and Grow Rich is the best book or the only book. What I'm saying is, is a lot of these successful mindset things all boil down to very similar stuff. And side note, that similar stuff is very fucking similar to religion. Let that sink in. Most things in self-help books mirror what they use in religion. Okay, I'm going to let you do whatever you want with that information. But this is where I came to the realization that the thing that I got taught to do when I was young through prayer is the thing that I use now as an adult to achieve and attain the things that I want in my life. This space that I'm in right now, I asked the infinite intelligence for this space. I said that I was going to move in somewhere where I was comfortable. My feet are clean and not fearful of dirt. My dishes are clean within reach and my clothes are exactly what they need to be. You know, I can continue that on. That's part of my prayer, right? <clears throat> I spoke this into reality. I intertwined it with faith and I said it every fucking day until it happened. And now I'm talking about the next shit that I want, right? So this is what I'm saying. This whole prayer thing, once you've established like exactly what it is that you want, what like what it is you're trying to work towards and what you're trying to achieve, you start your day. You wake up. First thing you wake up, you go take a piss, you drink some water, a heap of water, about that much, fucking five, six hundred mil with a bit of salt and lemon. You go outside, you look at the fucking sky and you pray. You tell you tell the sky what it is you're doing in the long run, in the medium term, and today. Because then what option have you got but to go inside and start doing the damn thing? Now, whether you've got 20 minutes before you've got to start getting ready for work and doing all the bullshit, or whether you've got the whole day to achieve those goals, the simple fact is you start with it at the front of your mind. Before you look at Instagram, before you look at YouTube, before you look at your emails or your notifications or your messages or whatever bullshit you think is important at that point of the day, you tell yourself, you tell the world what we're trying to achieve, what we're working towards, the character, who you are. And sure, don't get me wrong. You say this shit every day, it turns into a fucking just repeating a thing over and over and over. It's like if you've said our father fucking 10,000 times because you're Christian or whatever, it loses some of the, the fucking fruit inside of it. But then one day you actually think about the words that you're saying as you say them and you realize, oh, I'm creating a better world by saying this out loud because it's reminding me these simple things that exist within Christianity that are being repeated through this prayer, right? So now you start to understand where the shit crosses over. If everybody is saying this one thing where we talk about respecting each other like we're neighbors and loving each other and having understanding and all this and faith in each other, then we create a better a better earth. That's the same thing that you're doing, except instead of everybody saying the same thing, you're saying the same thing over and over that's applicable to you. Now, as a side note, I also add on our father and how Mary to the end of my prayers because I know that by repeating those, those things have been said and gone through the test of time over and over and over that there is something in them. I appreciate that I don't understand most of what these prayers mean, but I also appreciate that as I get older, I understand more and more things and I might get to a point and one day I'm like, that's what that means and that's how it's hugely influential in my life. And obviously that requires me giving it a heap of, um, what would you call it? A heap of meaning in that that I don't understand and a heap of faith in myself that one day I'll come to a point of understanding it to validate the fact that I'm doing it now every day. But I'm just a bad motherfucker with heaps of faith. So you just got to deal with that, right? So 
you've got your goal, you've written it down into a place where you, you know, you've got something you can actually say every morning, you wake up, the first thing you want to do is imprint that shit in your mind so you know exactly what we're working towards, what we're doing, what we're going to do. After that prayer, we're going to go straight to this because I literally just said that I was going to do it. And this is the thing. There's two parts in here that has to have your cooperation and you have to have faith. You have to say that to the sky as if you are speaking directly to God and he is listening. He or she or whatever it is, is listening to you. You have to have that much faith. Because the thing is, when you've got that much faith, it really doesn't matter whether it's possible or not. All that matters is that you're showing up and doing the work. Faith is really sexy. No one can really deny it. No one wants to stop you when, you, when you've got that much faith in yourself. Look, you're watching me right now because you have faith in me in a particular way that I'm going to give you some sort of enlightenment or information or, or that maybe just something to fucking pass the time. You've got faith in me. That's why you're back here. That's why you're listening to me. I'm only doing this because one day I have faith that this is going to have so much fucking, so much, so many, so many listeners and so many people like involved and engaged in it that I, that I'll look at this work as if it's all lightweight anyway, you know, because it is, it's hard to sit here, talk to the camera for 45 minutes every fucking day, trying to come up with new things to talk about. But the reality is it's not a question for me anymore because I already said I'd do it. I've already said that this is going to be successful. I've already said that this is going to turn into the thing. And this is the thing, Right. Let's go back to the original topic of being hungry. The problem is of being hungry is that we get really let down when we don't get to eat the thing that we're hungry for, right? But the problem is, I believe it's because you haven't been hungry enough. Because the thing is, if you hadn't eaten for a whole week and I gave you a shit sandwich, you'd eat it. You'd eat it. The problem is most of us have only been hungry for half an hour before we got to McDonald's and we got the food. Most of us have only been hungry when it's been like a, oh, I did the fucking 40 hour famine and I still got to have like barley sugars and and drink fucking Powerade. Bitch, you still don't know what hunger is. And that's okay. That's okay. We live in 2021. You're not actually meant to know what hunger is. That's the idea. We make these really soft times so we can enjoy our life instead of dying of fucking polio, you know? But the point is, you haven't been hungry enough because when you get hungry enough, It doesn't matter if what you're doing isn't the thing that you want to end up doing as long as you know it's somewhere on the path of fucking getting there, you know? So what I'm let me make this uh, appropriate to what I'm talking about. I don't care if I don't have a solo podcast that's fucking blowing up in a year's time as long as this leads to something that helps me on my path, right? So if I get 100 episodes in and someone sees me and like, you know what, you're the perfect second person for my show and I end up on TV or I end up on someone else's podcast or I end up creating content for someone or I end up helping someone in their podcast career and they end up blowing up, that's all part of it, right? So now, even though helping someone else in their journey to having a really good podcast isn't the thing that I set out to do at the start, All I know is that I've had enough jobs that I didn't love enough to do for the rest of my life that I'm hungry enough to do this to help them on their path, even if that's what it means, right? The difference between me and you, if you've got a normal job that you kind of like doing, but if you had the ultimate option, you still wouldn't go to it, is that I got so hungry that I never wanted to go back to that job. I never wanted to go back to that structure. I didn't want to be in a position where I didn't have any power. I didn't have any say. And I didn't want to spend my whole life climbing some fucking corporate ladder to get there to still realize that you still don't have a say and you still don't have any power. And the crazy part about it is when you go to these workplaces where you go like, oh, that's actually where I wouldn't mind, you know, getting to a place of some sort of management or seniority. The crazy part is everybody still jokes about it being a shithole. Like 
I, I really am jealous of the person who goes to work, loves their workplace, and everybody always constantly jokes about like, oh, this is such a great place. Like, we're so fucking lucky. This is a retirement job, rah, rah, rah. The reality is most people love saying like, yeah, fucking living the dream, hate me life, hate me missus, I've got a mortgage, hate the place that the fucking mortgage is on, me car's breaking down, I'm 2,000 behind in rent, rah, rah, rah. People love being sad. People love being the victim. It's fucking crazy. Like, if you actually felt as emotional about all that as what you're purveying to me, you would be doing something about it, right? And you know what the fucking silly part is? Is I get to say that. I haven't got fucking 70 bucks to my name, but I get to say that because I'm fucking doing something about it, right? And it all comes down to, I got hungry enough. I got hungry enough to say, fuck this. I'm going to do something and I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to fucking do it and figure it out on the way. And if I come back here two years time with fucking $100,000 of debt and my pockets are empty and I'm begging you for a job, then guess what? I'm begging you for a job. I got hungry enough to come back. That's the thing. That's the thing. I left my job, my brilliant paying job, to fucking live in a caravan and travel around the country and all the rest. And trust me, down to my own father telling me like, dude, you don't understand. This shit costs money. It's going to be a lot harder than what you think. Like I fully, like, and this is the thing. He backed me up a million, a million times. He backed me up. But he was trying to enlighten me on how much money this was all going to cost and how difficult it could become. Because I guess at the end of the day, no one wants to see their son stuck on the side of the road with no money and no way of getting help. That's the reality of what he was trying to protect me from. But at the same time, the one thing that I knew is it didn't fucking matter. It didn't matter. Because as long as I'm not participating in this, in this fucking revolving door of going to work and going home, as long as I'm not participating in that, then it's all good. And I put enough faith in myself and I put enough fucking, I bet on me. I don't bet on someone else. I don't know what's going on. I bet on me. The one thing I do know is when push comes to shove, I'll wake up before everyone and I'll go to bed after everyone. I'll work harder than everyone during the day and I'm willing to put my money on me as far as that's concerned. So much so that like, so much so that let's say right now, and I think I'm in a position where this might be the case. Let's say I had a, uh, I had a few, anywhere between five and $10,000 spare money to invest in something, right? To invest. <clears throat> so obviously you can start with your obvious options and you can go for a term deposit in your bank, which will pay you 14 cents every 16 years. You can go to like, you know, a pretty safe investment, like an index fund or an ETF or just any of the fucking massive stocks that have like, you know, pretty good growth and pay out dividends and all the rest. You can even go, you can split it amongst some fucking, some blue chip um, stocks. You can put it into, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cryptocurrencies. There's, there's a million ways you can invest your money in today's day and age. I'm putting it into black ink, bitch. I'm the company who needs the investment and I have so much faith on where it's going that of course, why would I put money anywhere else but into this? This is what I'm trying to grow. I want to get to a point where other people want to put their money in this because it's so obviously going to do something great. You know what I mean? Oh, and as a footnote, I have no idea what footnote means, but I use it every day. As a note in general, I don't like giving shout outs too early, especially before I've like actually engaged with um, doing business with anyone. But quick shout out to my uh, seamstress who I've recently got in contact with. Here's a little thing. I went on Facebook um, without saying, okay, I've got to rewind so much. I'm sorry. As I say things, I realize that I need to give you context of the story and I keep going like tangent, tangent, tangent. But let's rewind it. I'll start at the start. 
Um, the expansion that Black Ink is currently about to go through, I, I would say currently about to because it's happening as also as much as it it can't happen until this one other thing happens. But Black Ink is about to go through an expansion in that I am hopefully going to be producing all of the Black Ink clothes bar about one or two garments right here behind the camera. Actually, I've got this massive area set up. I'm going to buy a screen printer. I'm going to buy a heat press. I'm going to get all the um, related and required equipment. I'm going to start educating myself on how to properly execute it and that's what I'm going to do. So part of this is I want to have, I want to bring as much shit as I can to Bunbury just for the sake of, it's not even about keeping it local for me. It's about doing a fucking great job. And when I can physically touch and see these processes underway, I can have, I can have relationships with the people that are doing these jobs for me face to face, I get a better product. Right? Because there's more accountability and also the time difference between having a problem and having a problem solved goes from like two weeks down to two hours. So I'm trying to bring everything I possibly can into Bunbury so that we can fucking, at the end of the day, you as a customer can buy something from me and I can have it delivered to you with the highest possible quality that I can provide in the shortest amount of time possible. Right? So... At the moment, I currently get all of my, I do all of my ordering through various companies over in the Eastern States and I do it incrementally so that I actually, I pretty much outsource everything besides the actual packing and sending of your order. So, damn, this has got loose trucks on it. Oh no, that bolt's just loose. So, oh, that's tightening it. Fuck yeah. There must be a tech deck tool. I, um... So what I'm looking at doing, obviously, is bringing everything over here so I can produce on my own things. Um, one part is sewing labels into shirts. Now, I kind of didn't want to outsource this. I thought, nah, just fucking get a sewing machine, start to learn how to do it, and then I'll be able to also sew other things. But there has to be a line in the sand that I draw where I go, right, I'm going to be a screen printer, heat transfer. I, I do all the marketing, I do all the advertising, I manage the website, I do all of the processing, all of the sales. I probably don't need to buy a fucking sewing machine and also take that on as well and also i have a feeling that this is one of those jobs that someone who's been doing it forever in a day is just going to go dut, dut, all done dut, dut, all done dut, dut, all done you know what i mean so i'm leaning towards like well let's find someone that can do this the hardest part is how the fuck like and i don't want to go to some business and say like hey <clears throat> can you do this for me and they go oh yep it works out at x amount per fucking label plus gst plus shipping um, you pay us at the fucking 30th of every month. You get 30 days of terms. Rah, rah. No, 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 no. Just shut the fuck up. Here's what I want. I want someone who does this out of their fucking lounge room, right? I want someone who's got a sewing room in their house that has material and shit everywhere. They've been doing it forever and a day just because they love it. They might have a son or daughter in skating or dancing or something that requires leotards every six months. And they've been doing that. And, and this is just something that they're doing because they're local and I'm local and it works and I can pay them cash or I can pay them whatever and we have a bit of banter backwards and forwards. So one of the problems that I had to solve was how do I find this person? Now, this is gonna be something that I'll say and half of you are gonna go like, yeah, no shit, dickhead, that's how it works and the other half are gonna be like, oh yeah, I guess. So I put up a thing on Bunbury, ask it, answer it and I didn't realize but people are fucking hell keen to answer questions. So I put up there, hey, I'm a small business. I'm looking for someone who can sew in tags into the back of shirts and potentially other garments. Please let me know if you can help. Thanks in advance. Oh, 50 something comments. Few people reaching out and actually saying like, hey, I have a business. This is what I do. Rah, rah, rah. Out of all the people that 
like I think from that I had a few people kind of jump on and like my page and obviously you know they like a few posts and whatnot here and there this one lady and I'll be honest she's probably watching her name's Beck she went on like Black Ink she commented and liked a few things I think takes it upon herself to watch my podcast so we have a few backwards and forwards where we're like she was asking me some questions about the job and like I'm not sure if like, maybe you're not aware of this, but I have fucking like a thousand interactions per day with people, whether it's commenting, liking, DMing, and like across multiple platforms. Like I am constantly talking to people and I am reasonably good at responding to like 90% of the people, but also if it's an important thing that we're talking about and I haven't responded to you, that means it's in the back of my mind and I need to get back to you because all the shit that doesn't matter, I always cap that off because I don't want people to think that we're having dead-end conversations. I want people to understand that I value them. Even if it's not as a customer, I value as a follower. As a follower. I value, value you as a supporter, someone who is on my team and trying to help me do my thing. And if you're just there giving me a like every fucking five or six days, motherfucker, you're on the team. You're part of the crew. You're one of my boys, you know? So I didn't answer a few of these women who are helping me with these um, different uh, sewing quotes and whatnot to get these tags in there. But obviously super important to me to figure that problem out and, and get it local and answer that problem so that I can st- you know, get that underway. And she contacts me like maybe a week after I've, I had my last interaction with her. And I had three ladies that I had to get back to. She's like, hey, just so you know, I jumped on your podcast. I, I had a watch. I, I watched this one and I watched this one and like gave me a bit of feedback about it and all the rest. Hey, I'll probably pay you more than what you want now because you're fucking doing the thing. You're doing the thing. We're here doing it. Like I'm doing it right now and you're being a part of the thing by doing your bit that you can do. You know what I mean? Like I have such a, I have this, I have this feeling and I don't know whether it's because of the books that I read and the videos that I watched before I got into business properly. And when I say got into business properly, I'm not talking about years ago when I had a coffee van. I'm talking about now. I'm a fucking businessman now. You know what I mean? Back then I was, flicking marbles in the fucking dirt. Now I'm a businessman. I think about things. I'm really excited about the future. I have a direction that I'm heading. I'm fucking dialed in, you know? And the thing about being a businessman, it's less about making money and more about making things happen. Making things happen. That's super important because a lot of the time I've found the fucking full stop in the middle of a sentence when it should be at the back only comes about because you spoke about money. Now I appreciate that money is super important. I appreciate that you can't do jobs for what they're not worth, otherwise people end up being out of pocket and blah, blah, blah. But what I do know is there's a lot of gray area about what things are worth, right? And if you're a shitty businessman, you take advantage of that. And if you're a really smart, idyllic businessman, what you do is you arrange everything so that everybody benefits without spending any money or spending the least amount of money possible. Now, where this all ties into Beck and how she's helping me out, she literally said like, hey, I'm not even that necessarily worried. Like I brought up with her, I'm like, look, this is the money that I can get it done for. This is what the, you know, the competition is offering. This is how much, rah, rah. I said to her as an indicator, like, cause her price was here. And I said, look, I can, I, these people are offering to do it for this much, but that's all I said. I didn't say like, I want you to come down and make that. Cause I mean, it's one of those things where the price is gonna figure itself out after we do the first couple of lots and we figure out like, right, it takes about this much time per shirt. It takes about, this much time for to fucking do the whole lot. If I do 20 of them, if I do 50 of them, it'll figure itself out. We don't actually have to talk about it. But at the same time, like just saying, you know, I said like, hey, this is how much competition uh, you are. This is how much competition is. We'll, we'll let itself figure it out. She said, look, 
you're just a fucking local dude doing a local thing. I'm a local person. This is something that I'm interested in. It's just like it's a, it, it makes sense. It fills in the time gap. Rah, rah, rah. That is what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. And also, like, please understand, there's a lot of work that I do behind the scenes for Black Ink that actually has nothing to do with my brand. I do heaps of website creation and graphic design. I help other people achieve their um, apparel goals and like building merch for their business. I do heaps of things like that. And I do it for nothing. I do it for nothing. I do it to be involved with their business. I do it so that I almost have some point of saying like, oh yeah, yeah, I know the guys from them. I help them with the da-da-da. You know what I mean? I don't do it so I can make... Like if something's going to cost $500 to produce, I charge the customer $550 when it should be like $650 to $800. You know what I mean? Like I'm more interested in just having that connection with those people and saying like, okay, I obviously do something that you don't want to take the time to understand. I've taken a lot of time to get good at this particular process and I understand it deeply. I know who to talk to. I know the best way around. I know the most cost efficient ways of doing things, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to learn that. Who am I, who the fuck am I to take my YouTube learn knowledge and charge 100% markup on a product just because you can't answer those questions, right? And I know you go like, oh yeah, but you know, you took the time to understand all the rest. Bitch, I'm 28. I'm fucking 28. I don't know shit. I'm dumb. You know what I mean? If there's any time to do shit for free, it's right fucking now. Because if I do 100 jobs for free, 100 jobs for free, right? At least one of those in the next 10 years is going to turn into something fucking crazy right? Or, or I could charge what I'm worth and get 20 jobs and hope I have the same fucking likelihood of one of those turning into something huge. Now is not the time to be charging through the ass for your skill, especially like if you're in like the first fucking two years of doing anything that you're trying to blow up. Now's not the time to be making money. In fact, to be completely transparent, I don't want to actually talk about the exact numbers, but if you knew how much money I made on each garment at the moment from when I started to right now, like, I can't pay for shit. I haven't made real money in months, in almost years, because I'm so much more focused on getting a thousand garments sold in these first 12 months than I am interested in making money on them, right? I'm more interested in creating, producing from nothing, a thousand garments that are out there on people's backs than I am interested in making money off any of those garments. Now, of course, life costs money. To live costs money. So did I charge something? Of course I charge something on top of them. But the profit margin is so dismally low that I've had market marketing agencies turn me away and say, look, man, with how much money you make on your shit, we're not going to be able to fucking turn a profit for you. We might be able to break even. We might be able to. But realistically, come talk to us when you're doing like 10 times the amount you're doing if you're going to keep the profit margin that you've got, right? And I can give you examples, and I don't want to because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I can give you examples of people of friends of mine that have tried to incorporate what they know how to do into my business, right? And like helping me out, it will be helping me out in such a massive way. And they go, yeah, man, here's how much it's going to be. But I told you at the start, my business doesn't have any money. I told you at the start that like, you know what I mean? I told you at the start because respectfully, if this was going to be something that you were going to ask for money for, that was your way out. And instead of stopping me there and going like, oh, well, my, you know, my shit is worth what my shit is worth. You continued us down this path and then got to the end of it and then gave me a price and then stood back and, and let me like make a decision. You already know my decision. You're a terrible salesman. 
Terrible salesman. It just, it's insulting to me to do shit like that because like I see so much like, I see so much more like value and worth in working together and making something really fucking cool and forgetting about the money for as long as possible so that we can let this be the cool thing that it needs to be rather than have this thing where like, oh yeah, well, that's going to cost five grand. Yeah, man, we'll get you fucking instant results. You know, it cost you five grand, but, and then I spend the five grand and I don't quite get the results that I want. And all of a sudden I'm looking at you like you're a conniving bastard instead of like my mate. It's like, wouldn't it just be easier if we go like, hey man, uh, dude, you want the, you want the real shit? Try building a website. I, I have built multiple websites for $400. $400, $25 an hour, eight days, two days in a row, uh, sorry, eight hours a day, two days in a row, four, uh, $400. That's what I charge to build a website. If you wanted to get a website built, you're looking at a minimum. If you find someone who's shitted at $1,500, goes all the way up to 10 grand. Dude, who am I to charge that much money? I'm probably going to build you a website that needs to be touched up anyway. I'm probably going to have to come back to this in a month's time and, and fix some apps or whatever it might be, you know? Like, but who am I to charge that amount of money? While I'm so young in this game, oh, because you built six websites, you know what you're doing? Come back to me when you built a hundred. You know what I mean? And that's the bizarre part about these people wanting to charge me telephone numbers for these skills and whatever that they've got. It's like, where's your fucking portfolio of work that I can refer back on? You're in the same position as me. I mean, I can only just start to brag about the fact that I've got, I think it's like 160 or 170 orders under my belt. Like, okay, now you start to realize like I've dealt with 160 interactions with people through my website and, and physical reality that now I'm at a point where I have some sort of process in the works and like you can see that like, right, if I order this, I know I'm going to get exactly this because I've seen other people order it, you know, get it, wear it, post it, blah, blah, blah. So I know the whole thing works. But then I've got some people where I'm like, hey, can you help me out with your particular skill that you know how to do really well? so that it will help my business and in return I'll do X, Y, and Z. And they go, oh yeah, it's going to be this much money. Um, where can you show me that you've helped someone else? Where can you show me your work? Where can you show me any direct return on investment? You can't because someone's told you that what you're doing is worth this much and you haven't pressure tested whether the information is true, whether the source of the information has any integrity and whether it actually applies to you and it's going to work. Right? That's really important. Those three things. Anyway, I'll tell you what, I had this other situation happen the other day and I, I don't know if I've already talked about it on the podcast. I'm going to fucking repeat it if I have, right? But I got approached by, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but your boy rides motorbikes and push bikes and skates and you know anything with wheels I'm on. Not in this fucking terrible weather that we've been having in Bunbury, but in general, I'm always on something with wheels. And I had this um, bike shop reach out to me. They sell push bikes, um, Australian Australian mob. And they said, hey, man, love your page. Love your work. We want to get you on one of our bikes. And I'm like, cool, of course. Because you know what the thing is with like looking at it from a brand's point of view. I'll, I'll tell you how this works, okay? If I'm a brand, I'm, I'm a brand. You don't even have to pretend. I'm actually a brand. And let's say you've got 5,000 followers, right? And you post every day. You post three stories every day. Oh, here's my breakfast. Oh, here's me posing in the mirror. Here's my fucking friend. Or here's a flashback from when we went to fucking Stereo Sonic 19 years ago. And you also post every day, just anything, anything. And it, people are responding to it and they're liking it and they're commenting it and all the rest. It makes so much sense to me to send you something for free. 
Because the likelihood of just ending up on one of those stories or one of those posts, especially if you're someone who talks about what's happening in your life on your Instagram, then you're most likely gonna open up the pack and you go like, oh my God, black ink sent me something. You know, take a picture, put it on your story. This weekend when you go out, you wear your black ink thing, you make sure you get a nice photo with someone and then you post that and you tag black ink and it all makes sense. I don't even have to call you an ambassador. You're an organic ambassador. I don't, like literally, you're just doing the damn thing. So all I have to do is give you my product and the product's eventually gonna filter its way into what's going on. Do you understand what I mean? Of course you do, I heard you say yes. But the thing that I realized from that is I post like five to 15 stories a day. I post reels, I post pictures, I post carousels, I post videos every single day at the same time. And if you've been following me for longer than 10 minutes, you can see that I get at least five, 10 followers a day I get heaps of engagement on my posts. I get heaps of comments, heaps of likes. Like basically, there's heaps to do on my, my Instagram page. Get this, if you go onto my Instagram page, did you know you can scroll across where it's got like, so it's got my name, it's got my picture, my name, my bio, and then under that, right above where all those boxes are, it's got like um, posts, reels, something, something, and tag posts. One of those somethings is my presets where you can go on and use a fucking Instagram face filter where you have black ink put under your eye or you can even have these tattoos that I got, that tattoo and that tattoo there. You can just go and use it as a face filter and it will put my tattoos on there. So you can go onto my Instagram and be like, oh, he's got heaps of posts, he's got heaps of reels, there's heaps of engagement on the reels, he's even got a face filter that's like, um, you know, oh, shit, I got another battery warning, sorry. But... Fucking, what was I saying? Yeah, so he's even got like a face filter that he's created. There's heaps of tags, posts, there's heaps of engagement. As a brand, I would look at that and go, oh, give this person free stuff because they're going to talk about it. They're going to fucking, it's going to be the best omnipresent, natural, organic marketing we can get. And if that's what you're going for, that's exactly what you're looking for is someone with an Instagram account like mine. So when I have various companies reach out to me and they say, hey, do you want this? Do you want that? Would you be interested in collaboration? Would you be interested in partnership? Or fill in the blank, X, Y, Z. A lot of them I turn down because they're not actually congruent with my lifestyle and I would be going out of my way to do something for somebody else's brand, which I'm not really interested in doing, especially if I'm not passionate about the pro the product. Like if you give me a face scrub, the review that you get from me about the face scrub is gonna be the most faux shit ever because I don't scrub my face, you know? That's why your boy has perfect skin all the time. Well. You know, most of the time. How's the shave on it though? Pretty like, I don't like it, but you know, I had a shave. So anyway, they contact me and they say, dude, this summer we're going to have you on one of our bikes. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the sort of thing that I'm talking about that like, I, I can, I, you know, I will ride a push bike every day this summer and I'm going to post about it whether or not it's given to me for free. The best thing a bike company could do is give me a bike. Because it's like, oh, this dude, yeah, he's got 1,300 followers today. Let's check back on, back up back up on him in a month. He's going to have 1,400 and a month after he's going to have 1,600 and it's going to grow and grow and grow. And we're going to be someone who got in on the ground floor saying like, here, here's a bike, you know, just have it. Six months time, we want it back. All we need you to do is pay for the shipping, whatever it might be. So I'm preparing myself. Well, 40% of myself is preparing for this situation and the other 60% is going like, nobody gives anything away for free, especially a push bike. But keep in mind, I've probably sent out about $2,000 worth of free shit to ambassadors or people that are gonna wear my clothes for the sake of giving them something. I give away a lot of shit. That's what you've gotta do at the start of having a brand. Anyway, I'm like, fuck yeah, that sounds good. 
they go, well, we can see you on this particular bike here. We reckon that'd be great. Ra ra ra. And I was like, fuck yeah, that, yeah, like that's a, that's a, it's a fucking awesome bike. You know, I'm really happy with it. And I was looking at it going like, fuck man, these bikes are like, it's like 800 bucks for the frame or 1300 bucks for a full setup. I'm going like, this is crazy. If I get one of these given to me, this is like, I'm talking about this on the podcast. It's fucking wild, you know? So end up saying, yeah, yeah, we'll send us your size and send us your email and we'll sort out the rest. I was like, radio. So I sent him like, I sent him an email saying, hey, this is my email address. I'm 190 centimeters tall, just fucking big as fuck boy. And then they go, yep, cool. We've emailed you. Just, just um, get, back to, get back to us when you can. So I jump on my emails and I check it. And it's an invoice for $1,000. So they said, hey man, great to have you on the team. Here's a fat discount off that bike. We'll, we'll, we'll take 300 bucks off there. Now, please understand, before I start, if you're listening to this and you're from that bike shop, mad respect. I appreciate you for reaching out. What I'm doing is, is just airing my opinion as a merchant, how I believe I would not go about this if I were you right? That's all this is. Just my opinion. And dude, I'm a guy with a podcast with fucking 15 listeners. So who fucking cares anyway? You know, what I didn't appreciate is the whole time I was led to believe that it was something that it wasn't. And then the most disgusting part about it was, is it's not even a reasonable discount, right? And I know you're going like, oh yeah, like if you are that bike shop and you're the person who knows all the costs and shit and that involved, it's a thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars. It's not a reasonable discount. The idea that you built me up thinking that I was on the team and that you were sending me a bike was no more than a marketing ploy. Now, if it's a marketing ploy, I'm embarrassed at the time you spent on it. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed myself that I had to message back and say, bro, I can't put fucking fuel in my car. You think I can afford your bike? More so like, who the fuck wants this? Who, who wants to go through the process of like believing that they're about to get something and then have to tell them like, oh no, like, sorry, man, I'm actually fucking poor, you know? And like, obviously, like how, however I fucking create myself to be perceived on the internet is one thing. And they might be going like, man, you ride a fucking $30,000 Harley. You're always like got new clothes and shit on all that. We just kind of assume like you've moved from a caravan into a house. Is it not a safe assumption that you might have money to spend on a, on a push bike? Absolutely. Be better at conversations. Be better at understanding how words work. Understand what things mean before you say them. Because I was definitely unmistakably led to a place where I thought like, oh shit, I might just have to pay shipping here. I was in a position where I'm like, if you send me a frame, just a frame, and I still have to pay for shipping and I still have to give it back after six months, that's an amazing scenario. I will find the money to go and put the components on it. Shit, I might even strip my bike behind. You can't see it. I got my fucking fixie behind me. But I might strip the shit off that just to make a full bike out of yours so I've got something to talk about because it's all content at the end of the day. But no, no. Now, let me footnote that word. I don't know what it means. I do marketing. Like I try and execute successful marketing strategies. One of them, one of them, and this might blow your mind here, and if you're someone who's already had this, you might not have even realized this happened, right? But one of them is, I get custom envelopes made, I get custom thank you cards made, I get beautiful pens to write with, and I go and get stickers made, right? And then what I do is, if you're one of my new followers, I message you, hey, what's going on, thanks for the support, I've got a surplus of stickers at the moment, send me your address and I'll send you one out, right? So you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I just started following this dude, sick. So you go in there and you're like, hey, thanks, man. Here's my address. 
And then I get there and I write on the card, hello, thanks for the support. I hope you enjoy the stickers. I hope they found you happy and healthy. Use code da 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 at checkout to save 10% off. Your mate, Jake. And I put all of that in the thing and I send it off. So I paid for an envelope, a stamp, a thank you card, three or four stickers, the pen and my time, right? All of that to send it to you. And the marketing ploy is that I've given you something for free. I've already offered you value from Black Ink. So if you're in a position where you might want something that I've got for sale, that you'll come to me first. And on top of that, I've given you incentive to spend with me with that discount code. You know what I mean? Also, if you just want the stickers, you don't even have to read the shit. You can throw it out. There is no emotional hook that I've got you on where it's like, oh, fuck. You know, like I've kind of said that I was going to buy something or I kind of said that I'm in on this deal and now I've got to fucking follow through. Otherwise, I seem like a cuck. Well, what part of like the deal of going like, oh, we want, you know, we reckon you look good on our bike. We want you as part of the team. Rah, 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 rah. Stoked to have you on board. And then I get an invoice for $1,000. Man, what's going on? You know, what's going on? Look, tell me what you think about that. I want you to reach out to me. I want you to send me a DM. I want you to fucking call my mobile phone, whatever you want. Just tell me what you think. Because I thought from my point of view, and obviously I've given you a super biased opinion of what happened because it's my story. But tell me what you think. Maybe I've gone about it the wrong way. Shit, if you're that bike shop, reach out to me. And fucking tell me what you think. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to put you in a situation where I'm like, oh, that's a bit unfair. Da, 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 uh. I'm just going to fucking go about my day, apologize for fucking feeling awkward to the fact that I can't afford anything and move on. You know? So tell me what you think. And tell me what you think about this whole hunger idea, being hungry for shit. And tell me whether or not you're hungry to get out of the situation that you're in. Shit, tell me if I can help you at all. I'd love to help. Right? I'll tell you what I did do though. This is the 28th episode, which means that if you've been listening to all of my episodes, all of them, one through 27 up until now, you've listened to 1,215 minutes of me, which is actually 1,260, 45, yeah, 1,260 because we've just done fucking 50 minutes, 1,265 minutes you've listened to me, there you go, which is like fucking 21 hours. That's 21 hours worth of podcast. How crazy is that? And to go back to it, why do I do it for you 15 listeners? I'm sorry, but it's not. It's because I'm fucking hungry. It's because I'm hungry. Oh, shit. Radio. this is my dog, Louie. This is a Black Ink podcast. This is the official episode number 28. I'm Jake Kerr, and I'm signing out. Yo! <laughs>